Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the Buckswire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Buckswire editor, Luke Easterling. The Lord of Playoffs starts tonight. How bad that wound? No excuses, man. If you don't make the first play, make the next three plays, all right? Play on the field, let's take it. Let's go. For the originals, for the legends. For everyone who's waited long enough. Play our ass off. Let's go. So pack your strength, your giddy up, and finish the ride. Together, let's raise them up. Woo, man, an epic hype video put out by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, narrated by Tom Brady. Playoff football will return to the lives of Bucks fans. It's not quite returning to Tampa Bay, but Bucks fans will get to put on their gear. I'm wearing my TB12 hoodie right now, Luke. Watch their team embark on a Super Bowl run starting this Saturday night. Doesn't get much sweeter than that, my man. You got to be ready. I know you are. I'm so ready, man. And I think one of the best things I've seen this week is there's a uh... – there's a raise the flag challenge that's going around on social media from all like the Bucks greats from the 2000s, Rondé Barber, Mike Allstott, Warren Sapp. All these guys are making their own little hype videos and showing off their like collections at home of all their, you know, memorabilia from their time playing. And oh my gosh, man, it's just been so fun to relive that. Don't want to relive too much of it because I think one of the last times the Bucks were were in the playoffs was in 2005 against Washington, and they they literally dropped the ball on that game. They dropped a touchdown pass in like three minutes left. That one of the best throws of Chris Sims his entire life. <laughs> I mean, so you know you got to be careful with the memory sometimes, but uh, it's definitely fun to be one of those teams that's still talking about uh, real football that's going to happen this weekend and not football that's not that's a year away. You know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm, not, I'm sure people aren't out and about as they normally would be in a non-pandemic kind of world. But can you just can you feel it in Tampa? Like, is there a, fe- a different feeling right now? Yeah, you know, and in, in I even without the pandemic, I think I think social media has kind of given a different feel to that. Sure, you can feel yeah. the energy being physically here. And obviously, I mean, I remember. I'm going to date myself here, but I, I'm trying to remember how old I was when that Super Bowl run happened. I think I was a junior in high school. Um, and just what it meant to this city. And like, I remember standing on the corner of the road, like waving a Bucks flag, like an idiot. I'm like 16 years old, just on the, we were at a gas station. We're like gassing up to drive down to the stadium to like see the team when they came back. And like, we're just acting like complete idiots and everyone else is too. People are hanging out of the cars and just screaming and yelling. And like that part is still there. I think in a normal year, obviously the pandemic has a lot to do with that. Not being, not being the case, but social media has kind of, had its own spin on that and to watch people kind of come together in that way using technology to, to, you know, to span literally the world and seeing Bucks fans on the other side of the world, being able to celebrate that and enjoy that. It's, 
you can definitely feel it. It's palpable. We had, you know, press conferences with a bunch of the guys today where, you, you know, you can feel it. And they're talking about the energy in the locker room. It's really, really fun time to be a Bucks fan right now. Oh, my God. I was just laughing to myself because 2001, I am like, I'm in high school. I can't, I can't remember how old I was, but I'm definitely in high school at this time. And the Patriots, yeah, I'm a Patriots fan. I'm a Patriots honk. This is why I love Tom Brady, in case people are just jumping on the podcast for the first time here. And uh, I, I, I can remember, Luke, vividly, when the Patriots went to the Super Bowl, they won the AFC Championship game, go to the Super Bowl. I remember being in the back of my buddy's dad's pickup truck with a Patriots flag. They were driving around, and I'm waving the freaking flag. So you and I, man, we were both waving our flags. That's kind of kind of freaking hilarious when you, when you ask me, but I just had to share that one because uh, that, that really happened in my childhood as well, waving the flag. It's just something, I guess it's something you do. You just don't know how to act when your team finally gets there, you know? And I'm not going to lie, man. That's a feeling that I really wish on just about everybody seriously you know i I really you know watching the browns make the playoffs and watch it like every fan base should get to experience that at least once because there's really nothing like it no no doubt and so let's get right into it the bucks are going to play washington on the road Saturday night, the prime time. It's you know that's they haven't played a night game in a while. Luke, that's a spot that we've been talking about throughout the podcast this season. It it hasn't been a great spot for them this year, so that's something to keep an eye on. But we know that the Bucks will get the Packers if both the Saints and Seahawks win. Right, both are favored. The Saints are double digit favorites over the Bears. The Seahawks are also favored over the Rams. So if both of those teams win, if chalk kind of prevails, the Packers will play the Bucks Washington winner. And we all know what happened the last time the Bucks played Green Bay, right? It was week six. The Bucks blow out Green Bay 38-10, to 10, and everyone was on the Bucks bandwagon. Everyone was picking the Bucks to win the Super Bowl, Luke. It's amazing how that, uh, that all changes as soon as there's a little bit of adversity, right? Everybody hopped right off that bandwagon. Now the Bucks are like the dark horse. But I don't, think, I, don't, I don't see any chance the Bears are upsetting the Saints. So I think all eyes are really on the game before the Bucks on Saturday. Everyone should be watching that Rams-Seahawks game. If the Seahawks beat the Rams... There's a good chance the Bucks will end up playing the Packers if they get through to that second round, and I think that's the path you want. I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't really have any interest in playing the Saints in the second round. I would like to see that Green Bay team again in the second round, and then maybe you win that game, get to the Final Four, and anything could freaking happen when you get to the Final Four. You're down to the four best teams in the league, and anything could happen. So looking at the path, what do you think about the path? That's kind of what I'm pulling for. I'm pulling for Saints and say, well, I guess if the Bears knock off the Saints – It'll be hard for Bucks fans to be upset about that, but I'm actually pulling for chalk and the Bucks to play the Packers in that second round. What do you think? I mean, I, I'm selfish. I want everybody to beat everybody higher so that the Bucks can eventually just host the. There, there you go. So that would be right? pretty That's sweet too. Want. That would be sweet because um, then you can host that game and the Super Bowl. Which just, I mean, come on. If we're, if yeah, we're asking for, wi- if we're wishing here, let's don't, wish. Don't get greedy, Luke. You're hosting the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's fine. Like, but we'll, no, we'll, we'll go with know, the Super Bowl. I think. I think, honestly, and and again, being someone who grew up a a fan of this team and and living in this city most of my life, I would love nothing more from just a pure football fan standpoint than to see, you know, a replay of basically my childhood, which is Bucks at Lambeau in January. It's cold. You've got a legendary gunslinging quarterback throwing against one of the better pass rushes in the league. You know, the names are different. Thank God the Bucks went back to the same kind of uniforms they were wearing back then. Um, but man, that would just be a great sight, right? And I do think, you know, if you want to compare that to the game that happened earlier this year, I think that is the biggest difference. The biggest difference is it's not September, October, and it is in Lambeau instead of being in Tampa. So I think that's the big advantage for Green Bay is, is obviously the weather. And that's something that if you look to this game, 
you know, obviously it's easy to look past the team with a losing record, but there are a lot of reasons why Washington really could create a lot of problems for the Bucks this week. And I think the weather is one of them. It's going to be in the high 30s. Uh, it's going to be cold. It might be wet. You've got guys, you know, Mike Evans is trying to come back from that knee injury, and, and is that going to play a part in whether or not he plays? Uh, a lot of a lot of things that can make this game tough on, on Tampa Bay. They have one of the best defensive fronts in the league, five first-round picks playing the defensive line. You know, it's definitely might not be a pushover. If, if the Bucks do blow them out, it won't surprise me. If it's close, it won't surprise me either. Yeah, seriously. They're, they're eight-and-a-half-point favorites, but you're right. The, the weather plays a part. I think it's easy to kind of overlook the Washington just because they played in that crap NFC East and what a debacle that was on Sunday night. The last game is kind of seared into all of our minds, right? That that last regular season game and how freaking ridiculous that was with Philadelphia bringing in Sudfield. You know, anytime a quarterback trots on the field with two gloves, Luke, I just, you know, I shake my head in disgust. Uh, sorry, Teddy Bridgewater, but you, you can't wear two. You can't wear two gloves as a quarterback. Come on. Uh, but so anyway, I, I mean, it's hard not to look at the Washington and just not really respect or fear them. But they do have Chase Young and they do have a really good pass rush, a good defense. If Alex Smith is indeed healthy enough to go, he's a pretty good veteran quarterback who can protect the ball and, and not turn it over, not give you anything easy. So I, I could definitely see this being a close game for at least a while, but I do like the Bucks. I think it's a good matchup for him. Chase Young, he wants Tom, right? He wants Tom. That was on the Bucks wires all over Twitter. And I have given Bruce Arians a hard time for some of his uh, quotes this year, right? He's always, he's always saying something that's got me shaking my head, but I freaking loved his response to Chase Young. I wanted to get your take on this. Quote, we'll have our hands full, but... It's one of those games where you better watch what you wish for. And it's so true. Brady is hot. The offense is hot. The Bucks are hot. They've been hot ever since the bye week. I want to talk about that coming up. But maybe Chase Young, the rookie, maybe you don't want him. You know what I mean? Like, what do you think about that whole thing? I mean, I, I guess I'll compare it to every team that has said we want Bama at the college level. Uh, it <laughs> usually doesn't go well. And if you come for the, if you come for the king, you better get him. Because uh, if you don't, and again, Tom Brady is a guy that, uh, and Sarah Walsh, who does a great job covering the Bucks right now for NFL Network, she mentioned this the other day, um, that Tom Brady doesn't seem like the kind of guy who even needs that that extra fuel, that bulletin board material. He will, like, make up fake reasons to hate you and to, like, get in, in his head to want to, you know, beat you, especially in the playoffs. So, you know, having a rookie decide that he wants to come for the king, wants to come for the goat. I mean, do it at your own risk, I guess, is all I can say. Kind of like what Bruce said. You yeah. better be careful what you wish for because if you're going to come at Tom Brady like that, you better watch out. Uh, Tom is known throughout his career to uh, yeah pretend he didn't hear it, and then on the field he does something that makes you know he heard it. He'll say something to Chase Young. It'll be very visible on the field. We'll see it, I think. He's going to respond to Chase Young in some fashion. He won't do it in the media, but he'll do it between the lines. I promise and, you And that. to be fair, to be fair, Jenna Lane from ESPN tried to get him to. He, she was the first thing she said today in the press conference. She asked him what, what he thought about that. Obviously, Tom was all, you know, Chase Young's a really great young yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. You know, they've got a great defense in front, blah, blah, blah. He was very, very politician about it. Uh, but we know that uh, when when the the lights go on between the the lines, he's definitely going to uh, he's going to give Chase Young exactly what he asked for. Let's just say that. Oh yeah, that's so vintage Brady. That is so Tom Brady. I, I'm not I'm not surprised at all. That was his response. But his response between the lines on the field could be a little bit different. So that's going to be so fun. I have some other things I want to get to. That's vintage Tom, especially the way he's playing in December. Luke, remember when he was all pissed off on the and he's blowing off people and he's blowing off reporters questions and two-minute pressers 
not shaking people's hands after the game, right? It was just he was mad, angry Tom, and I said, you know what, Bucks fans, you might like this version of Tom Brady. I've been watching it for two decades, so I want to get into that, and also why the Bucks are becoming a freaking nightmare for sports books. They are becoming the worst case scenario for a lot of sports books. I want to get into that as well. But first, here's some sports betting advice from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. We'll be right back. <laughs> It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Eston McLaren, joined by Jeff Clark of SportsbookWire.com and BetSlip and Podcast. The wild card round is here. We have six game playoffs late in the NFL this week. Jeff, I can't wait. We're going to tee up the Baltimore Ravens and the Tennessee Titans. BetMGM Sportsbook has this pegged as a three and a half point line. Baltimore Ravens, road favorites, plus 100 to cover and win by four. Yeah, I'm on the road favorites. I'll lay the three and a half. They're better on two sides of the ball, uh, special teams and defense. They have a better coach or a more experienced coach with a championship pedigree. And I don't see Lamar Jackson going 0-3 versus the Tennessee Titans. I want the Titans plus 3.5. That's too big for me. They can keep this within a field goal. Derrick Henry coming into the playoffs in excellent form. Ryan Tannehill, an excellent season. And two great receivers there in A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. Titans stay within three. I'll give the winning edge to the Ravens. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. So like I said right before the break, Luke, uh, it wasn't so long ago that Brady was short with the media. He was mad. You could tell he he hadn't played. There was back-to-back games against the Rams and the Chiefs where he didn't play his best football, both losses, both close losses, but they were losses. And the Bucks go into that bye week knowing that you know, your season's in December, right? you got to come out into the last month of the season, going to have to play their best ball. Well, since that game, let me get out my calculator, Luke. You know, I'm, I'm not great at math here, but so correct me if I'm wrong, if you have these numbers as well. The Bucks are 4-0. Brady is 97 of 139 passing, so that's right around 70%, 69.8%. He's thrown for 1,199 yards in those four games. Uh, couldn't get one more yard for 1,200, unfortunately. So 1,199 yards. 10 touchdowns, no interceptions, QB rating of 120.16. Oh, by the way, he's 43 years old. I mean, we don't talk about that enough, I don't think. This is so freaking unprecedented. Guys don't do this at his age. And he is just out here playing some of his best football at the end of the year. And I told, I tried to tell Bucks fans a couple weeks ago, this is what he does. He gets pissed and all of a sudden he comes out and he's angry championship Tom. And I think we've seen a glimpse of it. It must be fun for the Bucks fans being on this side of angry Tom. Oh, it's a blast, and and I'll add a couple things to that. Yeah, I mean, please. this is the best four-game stretch in December he's ever had, period, in his entire career. It's wild. And we have to keep in mind, he didn't play in the second half <laughs> against the Lions. True. Come on, Bruce. He's he missing could have these. two whole quarters of football there. Um, this is the first time the Bucks have gone 4-0 in December ever. They've never won all four games in December. So They've cool, gone 3-1 and one a lot of times. But they've never gone four and zero, and I think when we, you know, go back to that bye week, go back to the mood around this team and the coverage. 
you know, they're on their first losing streak. Yeah, it was against two pretty good teams. You know, but both those games were at home, so, you know, prime time and a national audience. You really felt like, man, they're going to have to win at least three, if not all four of these games to even be in the playoffs at the time. That's what we were thinking, right? And they just went out. And, I mean, I, you know, the Vikings game was closed for a little while. They needed to come back against the, the Falcons in the first game. But to hang 40 points on, on any team, back-to-back weeks – and, and last week's was really fun. I really enjoyed watching the way they finished that fourth quarter because if you've been a Bucks fan for any stretch of, of time, you, you know that this team is loves to be conservative when they have a lead. They love to sit on things. They, they would run the ball and they would get conservative. The Bucks scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter <laughs> well ahead at one point. I mean, they, you know, the Falcons have made it close, but the, once the Bucks got their lead, even up one, two scores, they just continued to pour it on. They were chucking the ball. They were, they were going for the jugular. And I just, again, as a fan of this team for a long, long time, when that just hasn't been the case, to watch that happen and to watch the team just continue to impose its will to finish the regular season like that, to go undefeated, to, to finish December, man, it was just, it's a blast. And again, when you have a guy like Brady, who just, that's his MO, that's his you know business as usual. Um, it makes you really excited for what this team can be capable of in the playoffs. Not 100%. Brady is so locked in. You can see it. And I think that makes the Bucks a very scary proposition for any team in these playoffs. I mean, definitely Chase Young, like we said, be careful what you wish for Washington and any team, Green Bay, I, I don't think anybody wants the Bucks right now. They're, they're kind of hitting their stride at the right time, especially on offense. And I talked about how they're not only a scary proposition for the opponents, but maybe a scary proposition for sports books. And I, I like to keep tabs on this kind of stuff. Luke, I'm into this kind of thing. As you know, I'm into the sports wagering. And the Bucks are at plus 1,000 to win the Super Bowl, which is a very high number. For a team that is favored, they're a minus 400 on the money line to advance past Washington, right? They're a big favorite this week against Washington. So giving the Bucks plus 1,000 with the greatest quarterback of all time and the players, the personnel the Bucks do have with the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, that's a high line, and they're getting a lot of money. A lot of people are putting money on the Bucks. If you want to put some money down on the Bucks, now's the time because they're not going to be plus 1,000 for a while. If they keep winning... That number is going to come down. So I found that super interesting. The, the, the most money is on the Chiefs and then the Packers, which you get a lot because futures bets, you tend to get the better odds, right? If you, especially if you bet it before the playoffs start. But the Bucks, number three, they're getting the third most money. So if the Bucks do go out and win the Super Bowl, Luke, there'll be a lot of payouts going in and the sports book might might actually lose for a change so i i find that fascinating i was gonna say yeah anything that makes the that makes the books lose makes me happy i you know just power to the people right i want exactly. i want the people to get their money they never they never win collectively so <laughs> good for them but again man i mean it's go back to the conversations that we were having right after tom brady signed because this immediately went from the bucks have never been to the playoffs in, in more than a decade to i mean they immediately had a super bowl shot right and we talked and I wrote about it. You know, a lot of that wasn't just Brady. It was the fact that the, this team has been built. And I and I wrote a lot about this because Jason Light, the general manager, has taken a lot of grief for some of the moves that he's made. And he would be the first one to admit that he made a lot of mistakes. But he also put together a team that was worthy of Tom Brady deciding, hitting free agency for the first time in his life, going, that's the team I want to play for. That's the place where I can go win a Super Bowl right now. So it wasn't it was a perfect storm of Brady being available, Brady having the, the control to be able to pick where he went and the Bucks having some some things that you just can't, you know, manufacture. They live there in Florida where there's no, you know, income tax and it's nice weather and Brady wanted, you know, to play somewhere where it's not up north and cold. You can't help that part. But 
the Bucks built a team that made him want to be a part of it and, and was a ready-made Super Bowl caliber team as long as they had a quarterback who would eliminate turnovers, which they have, and would have that killer instinct, that experience at the highest level in the biggest game to go out and and elevate the level of everybody on his team to that Super Bowl level. And that's what I think he has done and, and is capable of continuing to do. So it's just fun to watch it come full circle. Like you said, you went from, you know, the Saints game in week one, oh, this is going to work out, look how clunky they look, to the Packers game a few weeks later. Even the Bears game was ugly, and then they go beat the Packers. And, you know, then they lose those two in a row to the Saints and the Chiefs, and like, or the Rams and the Chiefs, and they're like, oh, can they really do this? And now we're back around again to, oh, they can win the Super Bowl. So, you know, this is right where we started. It's right. no different. This is this is classic NFL, man. Just up and down, man. It's a, one week to the next. Everyone's hopping on the bandwagon, hopping off, right? So that's what it is. And well, first of all, if they're going to make a deep run, you need to have all of your top weapons. I don't think they make a Super Bowl run without Mike Evans. And to be honest with you, Luke, when he went down and started clutching at his knee, I thought he was just embarrassed that he dropped a wide open touchdown at first in real time, right? Watching the game. I'm like, ah, Mike, screw you. You're just pissed you dropped the ball. Come on, get up. But it turns out this is actually something that's bothering him because I know it was only a walkthrough, but he would have been a non-participant, right? He was a non-participant on the first injury report. Now, I know Rojo has a finger. He was a full participant. Mike Evans didn't practice, but reading between the lines, and I want to get your take on this, reading between the lines on Bruce's comments sounds like no structural damage, hyperextension. He was in the training room. Like, he's going to play. Like, I would be stunned knowing how tough Mike Evans is if he doesn't play this ball game. But what's your take on Evans being, you know, missing practice, basically, and I guess being at least questionable to play the ball game? Yeah, well, I'll point to a couple of things, actually, that Bruce said pretty plainly, which is that the plan all along this week was for him to hopefully practice by Thursday. So we'll see if that happens. Obviously, we're recording this before then. But yep. um, he also said that Mike is the kind of player that you're going to have to fight him not to play. Yeah. So if there's any, you know, he said Mike at 80% is better than most people at 100. And if there's, you know, it, it always comes down to, you know, can I make the injury worse? And I think someone had asked him a question about the, because we mentioned earlier, it's going to be wet, it's going to be cold, the, the field might not be in great shape. And somebody asked Bruce if that would you know, play into the decision to play Mike or not. And he laughed. He was just like, are you kidding? Basically like, no, you play on the field they give you. And if Mike is anywhere, if Mike is near enough to being able to play to where that would be a consideration, it's not a consideration. He's obviously going to play. So I think what they're just going to do is obviously Mike's a veteran. It's late in the season. He's been in this offense. He knows what he's doing. He is the kind of player. How many times have we seen it with guys like Julio Jones? They won't practice all week. And then they go out and have 120 yards on Sunday. You know, this is a guy who if there's anybody on your team who probably can get away with not practicing for most of the week and still make an impact on Sunday, Mike is one of those guys. So I wouldn't be surprised even if they limit Mike on Thursday, if he's able to go and just play it really, really safe with him. Uh, because, you know, if he ends up being a game-time decision, we all know what that decision is going to be. Yeah. He's going to be out there. He's going to play. He's going to play. No structural damage, I think. It's his Mike first playoff game ever. He's, he's not, not going to yes. not Come play on. unless on. someone has literally locked him in a closet somewhere. Yes, so, you know, for for those that are looking at the line at 8.5, for those huge Bucks fans that are just, you're squirming in your seats thinking, oh, man, one of our best players won't be playing. I would not worry about Mike Evans. I think well, he's and, and to that end, to that end, even if we're thinking about it from that end and you're worried about placing your bets on that, think about the fact that Mike Evans spent most of Sunday not playing. There you go. And Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown combined for, I believe, 16 catches for 270 yards and four touchdowns without him. So 
Yeah, just, got, I'm not saying he's not valuable because he is. They but got some weapons. They got be some confident weapons. in your be confident in your bets. I guess is what I'm yeah. saying. So circling back to the game, Luke, I was I for the as far as the opponent, the NFC East champion, I was. I did not want it to be the Giants, so I'm happy about that. You know, you know me and my voodoo about Brady. No, 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 Brady Giants mojo. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Did not want that. But you were worried about Washington, number one, right? You didn't want to see Washington. You thought they posed maybe the most dangerous challenge. And I think it's because of Chase Young and that pass rush, that defense. We saw what they did to the Eagles and whoever they put at quarterback, even though I think Sudfield was a freaking sitting duck out there. My God. But uh, so what, what do you think is the number one concern or number one thing the Bucks have to do to make sure they do get in and, you know, get out of this game and survive in advance here? I mean, is it just keeping Brady clean? Is it as simple as that? Uh, you know, what, what's the key? You know, I mean, my my keys to the game are always super cliche, and I think everybody's are always the same. It always boils down to protect the passer, get after the passer, win the turnover battle, basically. And most people will put establish the run in there. I don't even think you need to do that anymore in the NFL. You really don't to to, to win football games. You got to protect your quarterback. You got to get after the other guy's quarterback, and you can't turn the ball over. So specifically, what that will look like in this game is yes, that defensive front Washington has is nasty, but Tampa Bay's offensive line has been really, really good. Brady has been sacked one of the fewest sacked quarterbacks in the NFL this year. Uh, they really stepped up. Tristan Wirfs, their first-round pick, has been even higher. You know, met, met the expectations and exceeded them. They were pretty high to begin with. You know, It also comes down to the fact that the Bucks, when they're defending, their problems this year have been when they're facing really explosive, really versatile offensive weapons, and they don't tackle well. And so when you think about the fact that Devin White's going to be out for this game, he's still he's going to miss the, the COVID protocol cutoff by a day. If they would have been a Sunday game, he would have been able to play, which really sucks, obviously. That's brutal. Um, but when you look at a guy like Antonio Gibson, their rookie running back, a really versatile, explosive guy, you look at J.D. McKissick, another guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield and do a lot of things, Terry McLaurin, one of the most polished, greatest technicians when it comes to playing the wide receiver position in the NFL, a young captain, a guy that's really highly respected. Um, they have the kind of talent on offense at the skill positions that can make you pay for not tackling well. So, you know, on the flip side of that, they have a quarterback who is not very mobile in Alex Smith, obviously. And, and if he ends up being the one who gets the start, I know Tyler Henneke was getting first team reps earlier in the week. I don't know what's going to happen there, but if it is Alex Smith and if I'm assuming it will be, if I'm Alex Smith, I want to be out there. If it's not, you know, then why are we even watching the game? The right. You know, he's a very smart quarterback. He gets the ball out quickly. But I think that if the Bucks are going to win this game, they're going to have to, you know, play on the fact that he is not nearly as mobile as he was in the day. And obviously, it's incredible the comeback he's been able to make from that injury. No doubt. What a story. Um, but from a strategic standpoint, you know, you got to get after that guy. They're going to get after your quarterback. Yeah. You got to get after theirs. You got to make it so that he can't take advantage of those weapons and make you pay for missing tackles because that's really what's really prohibited this defense from reaching its full potential is, is are those two things. So, um, you know, Devin White has been a huge part of their pass rush. He had nine sacks this year as an inside linebacker, which is just unbelievable number for that position. Um, so without him in the lineup, they're going to have to get creative. But what better guy to get creative than Todd Bowles, the guy that's one of the best in the game in terms of dialing up blitz packages and designing things and changing things up pre-snap and post-snap. You know, everything's there for the Bucks to do this. Uh, and to to make it you know pretty comfortably, but they've got to execute. The weather will not be on their side, uh, and they're going to have to to just execute. They 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 have the talent. They always have this season, but they can't get in their own way. They've done a great job of improving the turnover game, 
the penalty game. They've been really good in both of those areas, especially over these last four games. And those things have to continue if they want to win. Man, they've been rolling. And it's time to raise the flags and go out. And they've been waiting for this moment to go and seize it, right? I mean, it would just be what a disappointment. What a, The air would be let out of the balloon, Luke, if they go out and lay a stinker here. I don't, I don't think it's coming. No, I hope not. And again, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. But I think this is an opportunity for, you know, no matter what happens after this round. We said that making the playoffs for a team that hasn't made them in 13 years, you know, anything past that wouldn't be a disappointment. But if you go out and lose in the first round to a team with a losing record, I absolutely think that would be a huge disappointment for this team as opposed to what they're capable of. So they definitely have to go out and at least get that one. And then we'll talk about Green Bay or whoever it is later. But they've got to execute. NFL teams are are all good to a certain level, and you can't look past any of them. And if I know Tom Brady as much as you probably do, I don't think he's going to let this team go out and, and lay an egg in this game. I really don't think it's going to happen. No, I, I like the Bucks. I like them big in this one. I think it's a good matchup, and then hopefully the path aligns. So I can't wait, Luke. Saturday night, let's go. Bucks playoff football. Tom Brady, like, let's go, man. I'm, in, I'm here for it. Can't wait to be back here next week to break it all down. Hopefully we're breaking down uh, the next opponent, man. Can't wait, man. Let's do it. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.